Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. The home stretch here on Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Soon to be neighbors, it sounds like, with the Las Vegas Athletics. <clears throat> Mo, it's crazy. Have you been paying attention to this A Stadium situation in Vegas? Not entirely, but of course. Being a Raiders content provider, I have a lot of uh, Twitter folks and yeah. a lot of folks in my DMs that are in in the Bay Area still in Oakland. So they they kind of saw this coming. So it's not like a sore spot. By the way, the Oakland is the probably are arguably the worst team in the Major League Baseball League right now. So <laughs> um, not that they're missing a, a a winner, but just to lose another sports team, I, I get it. It hurts again. Well, it hurts, and then it's just crazy to think going back. Um, and, and the time that I first went to Las Vegas, early nineties to go to college, to go to UNLV, right? My alma mater. And you could not, I mean, you had exhibition games and the Lakers would play there at the Thomas and Mack center on the campus of UNLV every year, which was great. Cause I worked there. I used to sit courtside to have fun, um, and, and all that. And then you had some, some hockey exhibition games there, never a football exhibition. Uh, the Raiders played there back in the sixties. But other than that, you would never, I mean, nobody, not even college sports, the NCAA would not have regionals in Las Vegas, even though you had all the hotel rooms, all the great stuff, you still could not have that. So the fact that in the last six years, they got <clears throat> WNBA, they got the NFL, uh, and soon to be, and I know people are going to say, oh, they got arena football and they got lacrosse. And yeah, I get those are sports, but I'm talking about the biggies. The fact that they're going to get baseball is crazy to me, uh, but it just goes to show you how gambling in this country is now mainstream, right? Because we can do it everywhere. You can do it in Ohio. You can do it in New York, New Jersey, or New Jersey, right? Not New York. In New York, too. If you oh, had, I don't York. know if you've been keeping up with it, but I, I've been betting on um, home run props. Lately. Oh, that's right. I saw your tweet. Pretty... What did you call yourself? Yeah, it's Moe's Moe's Dinger or something? Moe's Double Dingers. <laughs> 
most double dingers. Yes, oh right. I, I, not to go off tangent here, but when I, you said that, I, I thought love... you were talking. When you said double ding, I thought you were talking about a young lady you were seeing or something. I knew that's where it's going. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? When I put out the tweet, I second thought it. You know how you write a tweet out and you're and like, you second guess, and you're like, should yeah. I put this out or is, are people going to take it the wrong way? But I'm like, yeah, what the hey? Most double dingers. We're going with that. And I, and like I just that. say, just not to go off on a tangent, but I love betting <clears throat> baseball props. I like that. I'm gonna, I'll start betting with you a little bit and see how we do. And then I can give you crap if I lose on the show here. Does that sound good? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, cool. All right, so we, oh, by the way, a reminder, if you don't subscribe to the show, please do so. Wherever you get your audio, just search Silver and Black today. Uh, we love the uh, the free Odyssey. It's free. It's free. Not very thing, many things in the world can you get for free anymore. The Odyssey app, you can. Not only can you listen to our show, but you can listen to any of the NFL podcasts. There's baseball podcasts if you're a fan. The Odyssey Network has everything you could possibly want and music too. You can listen to stations from all over the country. So make sure you check that out. Also, a hello to our YouTube crowd out there. Get a lot of crap, Mo, that you're not in the chat very much anymore. I told them you're busy, but you're going to have to stop by soon because people are getting starting to get hurt feelings. And we really? Don't I mean, have... look, <laughs> I'll say this. The last few weeks, I will be completely honest and transparent with you all. The NBA playoffs have been on. Scott's not much busy. of an NBA fan. No, but the Knicks were in the playoffs. The Knicks were in the playoffs, and then I was keeping up with the conference finals and also writing at the same time. But if the people in chat want more Mo, that, that's what you'll get because you're going to start to get a slowdown. The conference finals the, are coming. I mean, the NBA finals are coming up, so I'll start to be the, available pretty soon at 9 o'clock hour. You just pulled a Ricky Henderson referring to yourself in the third person. Yeah, it happens. We always call you. You haven't played that in a while. We haven't. Our producer Mike is probably saying, "What the hell is that audio coming? Where's that coming from?" Mike just Mike's like, "Did I just tune into a jazz lounge?" Let's get out the funk, baby! Come on, Mo. See, Mo's sleeping on me. He's like, "White dude doesn't know funk. What's he talking about?" Oh my gosh! Come on. Anyway, Mike so that's like the mid- these, Mike is like these clowns that I'm working with now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mike Robbie, our new producer, by the way, his second show. Already doing a bang-up job. Our former producer, David Stepanian, you guys have got to know here, is now going to be a contributor. He's going to be going out and covering practice for us and doing all sorts of stuff. So, But he's over in Armenia, his home country, his family's home country, I should say. He's sending me pictures, and I'm jealous because I'm sitting there at the office at work, and he's saying, look at this, look at that. And I'm like, oh, dude, I just want to be on vacation. But anyway, we'll get there sometime soon. All right, this last segment, Mo, we're going to go over some of the other positions, the question marks that that uh, the Raiders fans have heading into OTAs that we have heading into OTAs and into camp later in the month, uh, beginning of next month. And we got to start right with cornerback safety, the defensive backfield overall. You look at this, the Marcus Peters watch continues, but I loved um, <laughs> Vic's line in his story, which, which motivated us to do these segments, by the way. Thank you, Vic. Uh, which was the Marcus Peters watch, Marcus Peters came in, saw what they had, and so he wouldn't budge off his price because he knows the Raiders are desperate for some help there. We haven't heard any more since the visit, Mo. We haven't heard Marcus Peters going anywhere else. Do you think he signs in Vegas? What's your gut telling you? I don't think so. And not to say that that means he won't eventually, but as Vic said in his piece, he's looking at the Raiders' cornerback depth chart, and he's probably thinking, well, I'm better than all those guys if I sign. 
I, you know, I'm sticking to whatever price I had and I'm not coming down off of that because you guys need me more than I need you because he probably has multiple suitors because we know what Marcus Peters is capable of when he's completely healthy and in a man coverage system that suits his strengths. So I understand why Marcus Peters is probably saying, OK, thanks for the offer, but I'm going to look around and see what the best offer is to me before I sign on a dotted line. Now, if the Raiders have an injury at the position. <laughs> then I guarantee you they will be calling Marcus Peters first back to the facility <laughs> to say, hey, we need you to start right now. But right. Here's a if anything check. happens, right, if anything happens for Marcus Peters, I, I feel like he's probably going to sign right before training camp because he's a vested veteran. He's going to survey the field and see what his offers are. Yeah. He doesn't need to be at OTAs anyway. He doesn't even no. need to be at the beginning of training camp. He just needs to be ready for week one. So I, I was, if he does sign, I would expect him to sign sometime in June, July. Right. So you look at the cornerback position. Let's start with the outside here. Duke Shelley, right? Uh, David Lynn Jr. on the other side of that. Uh, those seem to be the guys right now. I know they don't exactly stoke excitement in the the eyes of Raider Nation out there, nor here as well. But those two players, uh, as of right now, to me, that's who you're looking at at the outside on the outside. I think Nate Hobbs is in that conversation. I think they're going to go with Nate Hobbs on the outside again, as they did last year. Of course, he'll play Nickel. in the slot when they have yeah. um, you know, three cornerbacks on the field. Yeah. But I think it's Nate Hobbs and then whoever steps up among that group, Duke Shelley, David Long Jr., and Ja'Korian Bennett. I personally think Ja'Korian Bennett steps up, and I think it's going to be Nate Hobbs, Ja'Korian Bennett, and Amik in the nickel at times. Yeah, Because Amik Robinson did progress under Patrick Graham. But we'll see. But I think the one lock is Nate Hobbs. And then we'll see who steps up. A lot of talk about Duke Shelley. My thing about Duke Shelley is he's about 5'9". So yeah, he's, he's played in the slot. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he played on the outside last year with the Minnesota Vikings. But he's 5'9". So there are going to be certain matchups where he's going to be at a disadvantage similar to Amik Robinson. I, yes. I, that's why I would prefer Ja'Korian Bennett, who has the physical <clears> skill set and has the size to play the position against any wide receiver. Yeah, you look at the Raiders' schedule, too, and the receivers they're going to be going up against uh, this year. It's it's a tall task, and literally a tall task as well, so it'd be hard to do that. And I, I agree with you on Amika Robertson. Progressed last year, had some great games. But at the end of the day, and there's nothing wrong with that, because not everybody's uh, going to be a A1 starter in this league anymore. And and like you said, the word starter these days is not the same as it used to be. But Amika Robertson is going, I think, to continue to develop to be a great role player for the Raiders or for an NFL team if he ever decides to leave the Raiders. He'll have a long career in the NFL barring any injury, and I think you'll see him in the mix there as well. Then you have also Sam Webb, you have Tyler Hall and Brandon Faison as well, mm-hmm. uh, Mo, in the mix there. And so you do, those are those guys are all wild cards. I don't see – I mean, Faison obviously being the big veteran coming back, he was here when – um, when when John Gruden Gus was Bradley. the coach and Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator, so he's back. Um, I don't know how much le- he's got left in the tank. He played well for the for the Raiders then, uh, but those three guys, I just look at that. I think they're going to want to go young. Uh, I think the Nate Hobbs, Meek Robertson, a lot of people are talking like he's on the cusp. He could get cut. I don't think so as long as he continues to develop. So so it's going to be a crowded room, not an overly talented room. But those final three guys, Sam Webb, Tyler Hall, Brandon Faison, you agree with me on Faison? I agree with you on Faison. The one thing is he did lead the team in pass breakers, but I believe 14 when Gus Bradley was in Las Vegas. But that was under Gus Bradley. How is he going to do it system. in Patrick yeah. Graham's system, which is a different system? So you can't expect the same production there. So I, I agree with you there. The wild card here, I think, is Tyler Hall. Because in 
in spots, he performed pretty well. Now, he was very limited in his action, but I, I think the Rays may be interested to see him in an expanded role if he flashes again at training camp through the preseason. He could possibly move up the depth chart. And it's just – right now, it's just a young group, and it's the group has a lot – outside of – even Nate Hobbs has something to prove to be that number one guy on the outside mm. and moving into the slot. But that group has a lot to prove, but there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of potential there, but you know what they say about potential? It just means you haven't done it yet. <laughs> and they're going to have to show it. They're going to have to show it from OTAs to preseason. And I think you're going to, that's going to be the one of the most competitive uh, position battles through camp is, is that cornerback position, even just the secondary, even that safety, which we will talk about shortly. Yes. So at safety, you look at what they're doing at safety there. Um, you know, Trayvon Morrick started off so well. We went into last year, you and I, on this show, when we went live on the Odyssey, the new 2400 Sports Odyssey NFL Network here, we talked a lot about him. We talked about him being a Pro Bowl. I know it doesn't mean what it used to, but we talked about him being a Pro Bowl caliber safety coming off his rookie year. He fell back significantly last year, struggled, uh, and, and not saying that he can't pull out of it, but it's a big question mark for the kid. I like the kid. He's a good kid, has talent, uh, but Mo, he's going to have to show something. I think he's going to have to start camp hot. He's definitely got to start camp on the right foot because it's, I, I wouldn't say, I would say his, he, he's safe in a sense because yeah. he was a high draft pick, second round pick. Some people had him in the first round, but the injury caused him to drop a little bit. He's going to have a chance to prove himself again, but if he has a slow start, just remember, I'm very high on Christopher Smith out of Georgia, the fifth-round pick, the rookie mm-hmm. fifth-rounder. I think he's going to have a big run. I think Trayvon Merrick is going to have to look over his shoulder if Chris Smith has a strong start and he has a sluggish one. Yeah, no no question. Um, you look at uh, also um, the opportunity there uh, at safety. I think I think they may end up signing a guy or two uh, as a camp body. I don't think it's going to move the needle too much, uh, but they do need to create some. Oh, you got you got something for me? I got to say, John Johnson III is still available. Now, I think ah, John Johnson that's III, a good one. Is, I think he's going to wind up with the Chargers because um, the mm. Chargers had um, Nasir Adderley retire on them. He was their starting safety last year. Yeah. And just remember, John Johnson III played under Brandon <laughs> Staley, who's the head coach of the of the Chargers now. He played under mm-hmm. Staley when he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, when they had the number one defense. Right. So to me, the fit for John Johnson makes sense with the Chargers. But if I'm the Raiders, I would jump on that first because, as we just said, Trayvon Merrick took a step back. Christopher Smith, fifth rounder, I'm high on him, but he is a rookie. Marcus Epps doesn't move the needle for me. No. So I think the Raiders should address the safety position. I know they took a look at a cornerback in Marcus Peters, but safety is another spot where I would bring in a veteran before training camp. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another position the Raiders must address is the next one we're going to talk about, my friend, and that is linebacker, especially on the outside. 
Uh, you're talking about Robert Spillane, of course, the guy they brought over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Divine Diablo, who's a good athletic player, uh, but not, I think, the kind of guy who's going to make a significant difference there. Uh, Mo, this position, it's hard to talk about it because I just don't think they have the answer yet. They have guys there that they're hoping will play a role, but I keep waiting for the name that you mentioned two weeks ago. And that, of course, is Kyle Van Noy. I continue to think that he would be a great addition for this team, not only because of the background and where with the Patriots, but also the fact that um, he's got a lot left in the tank and you need that veteran quarterback of the defense. They don't have a guy like that right now. And to me, that's the name. And I think the Raiders need to go all in on him. I think it's one of those situations where, yes, Calvin Noy may not be the player he was in his prime. Right. Not great in coverage. But as you said, I think you need that veteran presence in the middle of the defense. You saw what Denzel Perryman was able to do with the Raiders in his two years with the team. And I think you need just need that guy to be able to line the young guys up, tell guys where to where to be on certain plays. You need someone who can see the play before it happens. And I think Calvin Noy is that player. Now, Vic mentioned Calvin Noy in his piece. I will say, as you mentioned, I mentioned Kyle Van Noy weeks ago. So we'll yes. see if the Raiders are hearing our our, talk, our chatter and our talk about Kyle Van Noy joining. But, of course, my number one option for the Raiders at linebacker is still Patrick Queen of the Baltimore Ravens. Please. <laughs> Dave You're going to die if you on listen, that hill. You're dying on that hill. Knows Dave, yes, if someone knows Dave Ziegler or is connected with him, please tell him Patrick <laughs> Queen may be available for a third or fourth round pick. If it is, if he is, I take that deal in a heartbeat. I'm just saying. Yeah, and then the guy that I'm really interested to watch, Mo, um, <clears throat> is the the rookie, Amari Bernie out of Florida, right? Because he is that linebacker. And I started to talk to him in the middle of the in the middle of the defensive tackle position thing because I was excited about him because he plays that hybrid position, right? He can play linebacker, he can fall back at safety, like Isaiah Simmons on the Cardinals. Um this opportunity for him, I mean, you have such an empty linebacker room. So as a rookie, where he was drafted, he's got a great opportunity to come in. If he can start off on the right foot in camp, and and even at OTAs, just show a, an ability to learn the defense, to, to get along with the coaching staff, to start to, to step up and be a young leader at that position, he may surprise people and steal some significant time. It's funny you say that because – I had a Bleach Report live show the day after the draft was done, Saturday, mm-hmm. after the Raiders made their picks. And someone in the chat room asked, you know, who's the one rookie that you think could surprise everyone and just kind of exceed expectations very early? And I said it was Amari Bernie, simply because his pathway to a starting role is very clear. Exactly. All he has to do, if he shows enough coverage ability yeah. at OTAs and training camp, he can get on the field because Robert Spillane, that's his weakness is, is coverage ability. He, right. he, he's probably going to have to come off the field on passing downs. Yeah, now, he's Divine a Diablo has yeah. the, Divine Diablo has the ability to play all three downs. He just still has to show up. But Amari Bernie, just showing that he can he can play in zone coverage in his last year at Florida, I think proves that he has a shot to surprise a lot of people and play a lot of snaps in 2023. Absolutely. And so that that's a guy I'm excited about until I'm not. Um, but I think I think he'll show out. I think he's going to be one of those guys who's going to capture attention because if you watch him, and I invite those of our listeners or folks who are watching us on YouTube, go find some video of him and just watch how he plays. And, and to most point, in coverage and what he's able to do there, I think he's a very underrated. He went really under the radar in the draft. 
A lot of draft experts agreed with us too, Mo, uh, including some of your guys at Bleacher Report who were high on him as well. So it, it'll be interesting, but that linebacker position has to be addressed. I hope they go get that one veteran. It would be really be great to see with a, like a Van Noy, a Bernie, and then a Spillane and a Diablo there. That'd be a nice mixture of guys. Not all the way there yet. You could still get a lot better uh, as you move along. But to me, I would feel a lot better with that veteran and a hot rookie in the room. Remember what Dave Ziegler said in his post-draft press conference. He said they're going to look at the roster and see where they have a surplus and see where they have needs and maybe make some swaps. So I would say, I know this is a sore subject for a lot of people, Slot including receiver. us, because we've had this person on the show before. Yeah. yeah. But I think this is where the Hunter Renfro trade comes in. I think they yeah. deal Hunter Renfro for a linebacker or a mm -hmm. draft pick and flip that draft pick into a, a linebacker trade deal. Yes, no doubt about it. And we didn't talk a lot about offense today outside of the line because, yes, tight ends are there, but we all know the man from South Bend and actually the local, the local Cincinnati native. He's actually from Northern Kentucky. He went to Covington Catholic High School just across the river in Covington, Kentucky from Cincinnati. He is going to be a monster. It'll take him a little bit. He'll, he'll have to warm up a little bit, get used to the pro game. Uh, but I don't think it'll be much competition once uh, once he gets rolling. So, But we'll get into much of this. When we get to camp in a couple weeks here, Mo, uh, and actually, well, no, it's a week and a half, right? And we get to, to camp, we'll talk a little more and see what's going on there. We'll also, I think, start to find out a little more. It's mandatory minicamp. So we'll find out a little more about Josh Jacobs, if he's going to sign that, uh, that uh, tender for the tag or not, or what's going to happen there, right? So we'll, we'll get some more clarity there uh, as well. Uh, and then the, the the Renfro trade thing you brought up, you're right, it is a sore subject for fans, and I understand it because he is a fan favorite. Hunter's a great guy, as you mentioned, was part of this show for an entire year, uh, and we love him, but at the same time, it's a business. The NFL, number one, is a business, so we'll see what happens as we move along. By the way, uh, we know, too, we talked about Mark Davis and the opposition to the Thursday night flex schedule. And that passed, as we mentioned last show, that's become a little bit of a hot subject for folks uh, as they talk about player safety. The other thing, Mo, I watch, I don't know if you follow Andrew Brandt, the professor. We've had him here on the show as well. I uh, used to be a front office guy with the with the Packers. And he said he talked about there was a there was a the the. The rule change around the touchback being on the – now when you do a touchback or a fair catch, excuse me, uh, the ball will now be placed at the 25 like it is in college. And he made a really convincing argument that I invite you guys to go read that the NFL is moving towards getting rid of kickoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people have pointed this out that mm -hmm. they, they don't want the collisions on kickoffs. That That's where all the concussions happen. happen. I mean the majority of them. So the, the Devin Hester's of the world, the Dante Hall's of the world that you remember being stars as return men, I think those days are almost numbered. And this is why I say Raiders drafting Trey Tucker in the third round <laughs> is just definitely just the ultimate reach unless they're going to play him, unless he's going to play a lot of snaps in the slot. Yeah. I know, again, I know Ziegler said they see him as a complete wide receiver, but you don't draft a special teamer in the third round considering we're the direction of the NFL is headed. And I know that the rule came down afterward, after the draft. But, but you can coming. see where this was headed. You, you right. can see the trickle-down effect where this was going. And the right. NFL is trying to say, player safety, we want to get rid of collisions on kickoffs. Right. And they will they will continue. Obviously, you'll still have kickers for, for field goals. And punting, of, of course. course, will still happen. Um, although the punting, even, I think, later on down the line, because there's punters 
Uh, again, these are jobs. So the NFL Players Association in the current uh, collective bargaining agreement has protected those jobs. But, you know, the players associations also in the position of where they have to protect players. So mm-hmm. do you say, well, geez, if we lose 32 people from the union, uh, but we protect guys from getting CTE, I think that's a pretty easy decision. And so you might start to see punting go the way of the, the wind as well, because the same thing happens on punts, right? You're doing coverage, you're doing all that stuff. And it's weird for us to think about it because the game has always been that way. But you start to understand it and protecting the the properties that are the NFL and protecting the players. It's going to be a really interesting discussion. But as we get to the owners meeting, a lot of this stuff will be finalized and we'll talk more about it. Whew. All right, Mo, we're out of time for this Thursday already. Another week in the books. By the way, I want to say that we're not we're not taking a dump on special teams, guys. We, no, no. You know, Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole, Bobby Meyer, we, we love yeah. you guys. You're part of the team, especially field goal kickers. You know, when the game is tight, you need your field goal kicker to have some ice no in his doubt. veins. Daniel Carlson has that. But we're Absolutely. just saying that when it comes to return men, that part of the game is just being phased out. It is, and it has been for 10 years, so uh, that's nothing new. Mo, tell everybody what you got coming uh, the remainder of this week. We're sitting here on a Thursday morning as we send the show out to the world and the interwebs. Uh, what do you got coming up? So two things. I'm still working on that OTAs piece, um, questions the Raiders have at OTAs. Yeah, your, your, editor called me and, your editor called me and said, where the hell is Mo's OTA piece? <laughs> that's coming up. That's coming down the pipeline. And I also have a Bleach Report live show on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Post-June 1 moves the Raiders can make to improve their roster is going to be the topic. Yeah, Midtown Mid- Mo's back in Mid-town action. Midtown Mo's back on the live. Sorry, I got to play the theme. Our, our voice, or again, our voiceover guy at Odyssey. I just love the mix he did on his that guitar, dude. It's just jamming. Anyway, okay, there yeah. you go. All right, so so people are like, okay, we already heard that. Anyway, so make sure you watch Mo on Saturday. So you get him on a Thursday. You take a day off from Mo. You can read him on Friday, and then you can see him again on Saturday without a hat on because he's Mister Spiffy when he's in the big. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to be more corporate when I'm on Bleacher Report Live. <laughs> Even though I don't have to because there are people mm. on there with their hats, but I like to be a little more buttoned up when I go live on Bleacher Report. Sell out. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, you know, some people will do that. Well, you're corporate. Blah, blah, blah. Well, meanwhile, everybody works for a corporation pretty much, unless you have a small business of your own, which God bless you if you do. That's what makes the country run. Thank you. Listen, when you're going into a, the same building that Bill Clinton may be in, you might want to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, and you might watch your girlfriend too if you got one with you. <laughs> Got to be careful, man. He's he's slick, Willie, right? I mean, that's what his nickname was. The guy's got game, even in his age. And it's over. Oh, Once he saxophone. gets on that saxophone, yes. But if you see him, will you do one thing? Uh, go like this and say, "Hey, uh, Bill, you got a cigar?" Oh, oh okay, okay. Scott, you're, you're trying to hey, get it's... me escorted out of the building. Is what you know, you know, I smoke cigars. I'd like a cigar from a president. It would be pretty cool. We'll see what I can do. I would. I, there's there's many, many former presidents on both sides of the aisle that I would love to sit down and have a beer with. Republican. You want to share that list and get us and, and get us canceled? No, I, or I would or? I would sit with Clinton. I would sit with Obama. I would sit with Bush. Trump, I don't think he would sit with me. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So I, I would sit and the rest of them are dead. Or Jimmy Carter's still with us, but uh, I know he's not doing well. So, um but yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, chances, that's what I don't understand. And I'm going on a small political thing here. And that is, I understand people have sides and, and I respect people on both sides. But at the same time, like the president is the president. Um, and I don't know that 
I don't know that the current president would would do that. I know he goes to bed early and he's older and all that stuff. But but I would sit with any president. Doesn't matter their politics. You can still get to sit with a president. It's pretty cool. So anyway, I know we'll get some comments. That's okay. We're not getting political. I'm just saying I would sit with a president and have a cigar or have a beer. How dare you, Scott? You I only know. sit with one side of the aisle and that's it. People will be okay with side, that, Scott. but they're not okay with the guy selecting number four when he could only select number four and 12. Craziness. Mo, you were getting that's, That should be a, a lot. You were getting, I mean, people were calling you out like I've never seen before. Over a damn number. It's mess. Yes. And it, it shocked me because at first, at first I got on, I said, you know, I'm not going to engage in this nonsense, but I said, let me say one thing about it. It doesn't really mean much to me. And people, no. a certain section of Raider fans went berserk. They did. And you, and then, and then you saw another side of me because it was, it was agitated me just a bit <laughs> to the point where I'm like, let me excuse myself from this conversation before I get out of character. Yes. Yes. It's, it's interesting, and uh, I know, and then we had the share. We, it's funny, whenever we talk about a subject like this, we get the people who are like, why do you guys care? And we even, this this guy on YouTube who watches our YouTube channel all the time, I appreciate you watching. He's like, dude, if you keep talking about fans, I'm out. I'm like, fans, fan Raider Nation is huge. Raider Nation supports this show. Raider Nation is the reason we have a show. So how would we not talk about what they're thinking about, Right. We do a mailbag show every week. We do a mailbag show every week. And so so this idea that you shouldn't talk about it. And then the one, my biggest pet peeve on Twitter, people can call me a jerk. They can say I suck. I don't care about that stuff. What bothers me the most, though, are the people who write things. And I saw a guy write this to you. In essence, I'm going to paraphrase. Do better. You, you're better than that. I'm like, better than just talking about a stupid subject where we we said people should just chill out? It's, yeah, it's really shout funny. out to that guy. I, I know who I know who you're referring to, and shout out to that guy who said it because he, not that he walked the statement back, but he he clarified what he, he wanted did. to say. That's true. And he he didn't he didn't mean anything malicious by it. He was just saying like, I I didn't think you were going to talk about it like that. And my response to him was basically, look, I'm not going to spend all day talking about it. I yeah. will engage with people who have rational, respectful comments to me on Twitter, in my DMs. I will right. respond to those because I'm not above fans and fan conversation and fan discussions, I'm part of it. Of course. I'm part of the Raiders community, part of that community. So I'm going to engage. Yeah. But what I won't do is spend an absorbent and absurd amount of time on certain subjects. Correct. And not only that, but it's it's a situation where you you want to engage with people. And, and also, I think we helped educate people because there was a guy, we were going back and forth and some people were being nasty to him. I was not which was the idea that if you look, and we did this on the show, some people listen to the show when they can, some people don't catch every show, I understand that, life's busy. But we, I remember I went through the roster live on the show, saying what numbers could he have chosen? And he had two, or three, I think 19 might have been one of them too. There's three numbers. Like, no, quarterback, there's 90 numbers. No, quarterback can only wear zero through 19, right? And you had a running back take one, you had all the receivers. You had uh, Tyree Wilson on the defensive line taking number nine. So it, I like that piece of it because it's like people and 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 the people that we talk to mostly are very very cool and they're like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that about the number rule and how it changed and da da da. So I think once people got that, but it was it was a fun conversation. And yes, I know we'll get the people. Oh, you guys are that bored? You have to talk about that. Yes, there's no football to talk about, so we're talking about what's on your mind. That's what we do here, plain and simple. All right, Mo. 
enjoy. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've, I've totally washed my hands with the topic on. Social I don't know media. what you're talking I, about. I don't know what topic you're talking I about. <laughs> I, I haven't even discussed it. I won't. No, we have a lot more to talk about. And again, a reminder, make sure you uh, catch Mo on the Bleacher Report live on Saturday. The time again, Mo? 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific for you people out there on the West Coast. Uh, middle of the day, so there would be no yeah. basketball on until if the Celtics, you know, hang Make on. Come back. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but, you know, there won't be any basketball on at that time, so you have no excuses not to tune in to me live and talk Raiders with me. There you go. Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend. Remember, the weekend is to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for this country, those who gave their lives. It's not Veterans Day. Know the difference. Veterans Day is when we thank the men and women who served and are serving. Memorial Day, I have to get on the soapbox every year, is for those who died for this country. So please, while we'll celebrate and have a good time on the weekend, take a bit of time uh, to reflect on that sacrifice. And uh, we appreciate and send our best and our prayers out to all those families throughout the history of the United States whose families made that sacrifice along with the, the service member who did as well. So thank you for that. Mo and I will be back on Tuesday. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, SNB Today, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and I am at LV Gully. want to thank our producer, of course, Mike Robier, on the dials. Well, they say that in the radio, but he's actually more on a computer these days because it's all digital. But anyway, thanks to Mike uh, for producing this show. Uh, for everyone here, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll catch you next week.